Lord has a word for us on today. I would, if you'd be so kind and indulge me, those that are able to, if you'd rest on your feet just for the reading of the word of God, I promise I won't ask you to stand up anymore. Notice I'm saying I won't ask you to stand up anymore. That doesn't mean that I'm not telling you to stand up. If the spirit so hits you, feel free to do so. What you'll find written in our text scripture, which is actually found in the book of Hebrews, actually the letter written to the Hebrews, it's the 12th chapter. We're going to be looking at verses 25 through 29 on tonight. And what you'll find written there, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, if it reads a little bit differently than yours, reads thusly. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape. If we reject him who warns from heaven at that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is things that have not been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, somebody say, therefore. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. As you take your seats, meditate on the thought for just a few moments. Some like it hot. Amen. Some like it hot. Some like it hot. I am a product of the 80s, and I'm a realist. I function in the BC slash AD continuum. For me, AD does not mean Annus Domino, the year of our Lord. For me, AD means after deliverance. BC, however, is still before Christ. So when I was still in my BC mode in high school, there was a song called Some Like It Hot. My sisters used to give me grief all the time. You listen to anything that's got a beat to it. Yes, I do. I don't care what color the person is. I don't necessarily care where they came from. And I'm going somewhere. I don't think I'm just rambling. I'm making a point. It doesn't matter the origin story. What matters is the beat that draws. And far too many of us have gotten so caught up because of our origin stories of walking in religion that we think we're following the beat that we're supposed to be following to lead others to Christ. But we find ourselves, if I can quote another song, marching to the beat of a different drum that has us going another direction. I would even go so far to say, and I don't know the... Y'all may not have me speak again, but I'm going to say it anyway. I would even go so far to say that even in this church age, that there's a church dwelling within the church. And the reason why I say that there's a church dwelling within the church is because every time we as believers come through the door, every individual that said yes to Jesus, after they said yes to Jesus has another decision that they have to make. And that decision is how close to the fire of the Holy Ghost do you really want to get? See, a whole lot of people come in the door 
And they'll say yes to Jesus and they'll shake the pastor's hand and they'll they'll shed a tear or two and they'll greet the mother's board and they'll they'll come in and they'll sing on Sunday and they'll give their offer and they'll they'll come on Tuesday and, and, and that's enough for them. But when the opportunities present themselves to, to lift up the name of Jesus, when the opportunities present themselves to, to, to truly be an offering, to truly be a living sacrifice, to truly be someone that represents unity, that truly is the answer to who are we when you say that you're unity. Those individuals that we call down south living witnesses that are truly striving to live this thing and not talk this thing. That's right. That's right. It becomes a little bit more challenging. Because it forces you to have to do things differently. But see, what the unknown author of the book of Hebrews did is he corrected our thinking. Because the whole tone and tenor of the book of Hebrews, the letter of Hebrews, if you will, is simply one word. And that's better. Amen. See, God desires us to do better. God desires us to be better. God needs better from us. God is expecting better from us. God has put better in us than many of us are giving to God. And God wants us to stop being bottom feeders in the spirit. God wants us to stop doing just enough to get by. God wants us to stop doing just enough to be just over broke in the spirit and get to the point where we can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think because God's power is at work. In us. I asked myself the question why would somebody on a day like today, which was a couple of days ago and it was just crazy hot, why would somebody on a day like today like it hot like this? Because my sister, God rest her soul, she loved hot weather like this. My sister would live for weather like this. The higher the humidity, the higher the thermometer, the happier she was. I'm like, if I could buy you a house in Ecuador, you would be there today. And what the Lord gave me is three reasons why. Some people like it hot because of the purpose. Some people like it hot because of the proximity. And some people like it hot because of their perspective. Now, the book of Hebrews generally was, was written as a book of comfort and consolation to keep individuals from second guessing. And see, the second guessing happens when crimes are committed in the spirit. And what I mean by crimes that are committed in the spirit, when tests come your way, the enemy's coming to steal your joy. The enemy's coming to kill your desire. The enemy is coming to destroy your relationship. But what happens is when we face those tests that come and we as individuals, the I, if you will, in the situation stands in the face of the test and we trust our God to keep us in the midst and God brings us through the test on the other side. We then have what's called a testimony. So when we come to services like this, we have no choice but to draw closer to the fire of the Holy Ghost. 
And, and what happens is you fool around and you get that one person that, that just comes wandering in and comes wandering in and everybody comes wandering in for a reason. Everybody comes wandering in for some reason. You, you come out on a hot night like this after being at work on a hot day like this and you get yourself dressed up in your Tuesday decent to come out and give God praise to come out and hoop and holler and shout and nobody's watching, nobody's listening. I'm here to let you know that the Bible tells me where two or three are gathered together in my name, God says he's in the midst. So if you need healing, he's in the house. If you need deliverance, he's in the house. If you need blessing, he's in the house. If you need breakthrough, he's in the house. If you need wisdom, he's in the house. Whatever you need. He's in the house. So basically, the this particular passage of scripture is urging the readers to see to it that no member of the church withdraws from the grace of God, that no prison of bitterness troubles and defiles the children of God, and that worldliness is put away in exchange for holiness. And all three of those things happen when you draw closer to the fire of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, you may say, Pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to tell you that you've got to allow that fire of the Holy Ghost to have his way in your life. Amen. You can't just play around fire. You can't just just, you know, jump over here and just, you know, throw a stick at a flame and, and you got some lighter fluid in your hand. That's sin. You understand. You just squirt it over here just to see how far the flame can jump out. Far too many of us are playing chicken in the spirit. Let me say that again. Far too many of us are playing chicken in the spirit. And the problem with playing chicken in the spirit is that the devil will keep you playing. Because my pastor taught me a long time ago, sin will cost you more than you're willing to pay. Sin will keep you longer than you really need to stay. And sin will put you in a position where there is no way out. But I'm here to let you know that before you play chicken too long and get your goose cooked, there's another fire that God desires you to draw near to. God desires you to draw near to a fire that can truly consume you and change your perspective. And the way that you draw near that fire is first by maintaining a posture of yes. Amen. So you heard me say earlier that purpose is one of the three reasons why people draw closer to a fire. The purpose might be if you out camping somewhere, you might need to draw closer to a fire because it's dark outside. You might be hungry and you may have some graham crackers and somebody else might have some marshmallows and somebody else may have brought some chocolate and fool around and put you something together. You just need some fire to make that thing work. Here's why I say that. God gives each of us gifts and talents. And what he needs us to do is stay in a constant state of having a perpetual yes not in our mouths, not in our minds, not even in our hearts. He needs us to have a perpetual yes 
In our spirit. Why? Because in our spirit is where the throne is. What throne? In our spirit is where the throne that the Holy Spirit dwells in us sits on. That helps us make decisions. That's the place where that tugging that you feel on the inside. That's from the greater one that lives on the inside. If I were able to do a, a, a spiritual tour on the map in the spiritual tour, it would say on the map the greater one. Because that's where the greater one on the inside resides. That's where the greater one on the inside inside dwells. That's where the greater one on the inside lives. But far too many of us want to rent that space out to the highest bidder. Can I let you in on a little secret? The throne of your heart is not an Airbnb. It's reserved for one person only. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's why in verse 25 it said that to see that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused them who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject them who warns from heaven. Let me try it this way. Don't fool around and stop listening to the greater one that lives on the inside. Because if you do and you keep playing chicken with that fire, I'm here to let you know with that strange fire, your goose is going to get cooked. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. But what God has said, I don't want your goose to get cooked. I want you to get well done in the fire of the Holy Ghost. I want you to get well done in the anointing. I want you to get well done in the favor, well done in the blessing, well done in the goodness. So that when my life is over and I breathe my last breath, I can hear my Savior say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But you gotta like it hot in order to do that. Notice I didn't say everybody likes it hot. I said some like it hot. Because the word says many are called, but few are chosen. There's a difference between being called and being chosen. And we got a whole lot of people running around professing that they've been chosen. And to keep it 100, God ain't even called them. But the Bible says it this way. For those of us that he did call, for those of us that he did choose, he's letting us know that you need to remember your purpose. Your purpose was spelled out way back in Matthew right before I left. Your purpose is going to all the world. And it's not to go into all the world and fetch disciples. It's not to go into all the world and pick up disciples. It's not to go into all the world and act like disciples. It says, go ye into all the world and make disciples. Which implies that you have an ingredient to bring to the table. They have an ingredient to bring to the table. Somebody else might have an ingredient to bring to the table. But God has a primary ingredient to bring to the table. And like those s'mores in the forest, the only way that my ingredient and their ingredient and this ingredient and that ingredient and God's ingredient come together and make that thing work in their lives is when the fire of the Holy Ghost heats that stuff up and begins to mix those things and we and God become one and God begins to dwell in us and we become the embodiment of the embodiment of if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatsoever you will and it'll be given unto you. You can ask for healing and healing will come forth. You can ask for favor and favor will come forth. You can ask for increase and increase will come forth. That's right. But you gotta like it hot when you do that. 
Because when you do that, you find yourself on the front line. I never had the honor of serving in the military. But I knew a great man that did. Yes, sir. And daddy used to talk about the ocean. And he used to always refer to the water as being blue and salty. And everything that he talked about concerning the war. And I need you to catch this because I'm going somewhere. Everything that he talked about concerning warfare. He always brought it back as a measuring stick to what the water was doing. And as I listened to him and as I got older, I began to understand why my dad did that. My dad did that because he had a reverential fear of the water. He had an understanding of the power that the water possessed if it was not functioning in the capacity that in the situation it was designed to function in. Because my dad, fun fact about my dad, my dad served World War II in the Navy. My dad was at Pearl Harbor. My dad never learned how to swim. My dad slept four feet underwater every single night. My dad did this for three years and six months and 14 days. My dad hopped from island to island to island. My dad knew Tokyo Rose on a first name basis. My dad knew all this stuff, yet God kept him because by the Lord's mercy, he was not consumed. But the, the, but the God knew that, that my dad had a purpose. My dad had a plan. My dad had some seed that needed to be gotten out. My dad had some seed that needed to bless some generations. My dad had some seed that had to do some work of ministry. So we got to understand, secondly, who's got the power. Amen. Because like my dad, you got to keep this thing in proper proximity. You got to understand who you are in relation to God. See, far too many of us think we up here and God is down here. But that ain't how it works. God is God. I'm not. So who am I to try to box with God? Who am I to try to tell God what to do? But far too many of us that are walking in that in that strange fire try to do that to, to do that. God, you stand over here. I'm gonna take care of this. God, if you have a seat over there, you look, you show up on Sunday for about 10 minutes. We got it from here. That's not the way we do this thing. If you look back in Acts 2, Acts 2 talked about. When the Holy Spirit fell, uh -huh. I would imagine that it was a situation a lot like this. Wasn't no music. Wasn't nobody dressed in their Sunday finest. Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together with one accord. Uh -huh. They were all together understanding their proximity and relation to God. Yeah. They understood that they were in a position of reception. They understood that God wanted to do something, but they didn't understand the magnitude of the something that God desired to do through them. It sounds a lot like us, but like them, I'm here to let you know that if and when you allow yourself to be drawn by God, to be drawn by that loving kindness. Because the word says with loving kindness have I drawn thee. When you allow that fire of the Holy Spirit to draw you with his love. To draw you with his compassion. To draw you with his promise. To draw you in proximity to where you are. Because you might be in a cold place right now. You might be in a dark place right now. You might be going through some stuff right now. You might be dealing with some things right now. It might be heavy right now. But in the midst of the presence of God you remember that in the presence 
presence of God, there's fullness of joy. You remember that he'll not put more on you than you could bear. You remember that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The land and they that dwell therein. You remember that it's not by might, nor is it by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And if you allow the Holy Spirit to usher you in to the presence of God, and if you allow the presence of God to fall on you and reign in you, and if you allow that falling and raining to prompt you to tell the Holy Ghost story, I guarantee you that you begin to light the fire too. Because those individuals that like it hot, I mean truly like it hot, come out on nights like this. They come out to do the work of ministry. They come out like the enemy mothers used to say with their bodies racking with pain. Yes, sir. Thank Lord. They come out with their stockings on in weather like this to sing God specializes. Yes, They'll come and stay and sing the same stanza over and over again for two hours. Yes, They'll come and lie on the floor next to you and labor with you and, and, and cry with you and, and, and somebody had a tissue that when you get up and, and you're delivered and set free and all the spiritual work is doing, they'll be right there to greet you when you get back fully on this side. What am I saying? When you get back fully on this side, you're not the same as you were when you left. You got something with you. There's a desk in, in the White House that the president uses when he's signing documentation that's life-changing. Most every president has taken a picture there. No matter what state they're in, they've all taken pictures there. And it's called a resolute desk. The resolute desk has seen treaties for wars signed. The resolute desk has seen legislation that's changed the course of our nation. The resolute desk stands as a natural representation of what God desires us to have lastly. And that's the resolve to reverence God and not man. Amen. So we've talked about purpose and we've talked about proximity but the thing that we got to talk about when we talk about you know some like and hot is perspective amen because see when the Lord began to sit me down and lay this out before me to look at this thing he helped me see that a whole lot of people step into the house and they have a purpose but it's not a godly purpose amen a whole lot of people step into the house and have a proximity. They have an angle, but it's not always a godly angle. But if you truly are somebody that lights the fire, if you're truly somebody that lights it hot in the spirit, what happens is that you've got a new perspective. You don't like the woman with the issue of blood. You don't care who's talking about you. You don't care what you got on. You don't care how much your clothes get messed up. You don't care how much you sweat. You don't care how long you hear. You don't care if you get a get 10 minutes of sleep, much less 10 hours of sleep. All you care about is getting what God has for you. All you care about is pressing your way to the promise. All you care about is pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. All you care about is what God has for you because what God has for 
for you. It's for nobody else but you. All you care about is doing what God has called you to do. It doesn't matter to me who doesn't follow. It doesn't matter to me who doesn't understand. It doesn't matter to me who doesn't care. Because as long as God knows, he's going to draw me into the fire. And when I find myself cold, and when I find myself lonely, and when I find myself not understanding, I can find a fire that's an all-consuming fire that warms me from the inside out, that changes me from the inside out. We've got to come to an understanding that the fear and the resolve that we have for God function in tandem. Amen. We got to realize that we got to like being in the heat. Because when we make up our mind to truly serve the Lord with gladness, to do as the word says, to come before his presence with singing. To know that he's God. And he made us and not we ourselves. We can do what that, verse, that scripture goes on to say with conviction. That's when we, can, when we can enter into the gates with thanksgiving. And enter the courts with praise. Because remember the, the New Testament is nothing more than a 2.0 version of the Old Testament. And what I mean by that is. Is something better. The tabernacle was good, but tabernacling for the Holy Ghost is better. The outer court is good, but entering into his gates with thanksgiving is better. The inner court is good, but entering into his courts with praise is better. Having the priest at the Holy of Holies is good. But having the veil ripped from the top to the bottom so that we can come in and access the fire for ourselves is better. Having one day a year where the priest, if he's not sinned too bad, stays alive long enough to atone for your sins is good. But having a Savior that hung six hours one Friday and the last words that he said were words of unilateral, universal, ongoing, perpetually imperative dominion and setting us free when he said, into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit because it's finished. That means we ain't got to worry about being separated no more. We ain't got to worry about being kept apart no more. We ain't got to worry about anything or anyone separating us from the love of God, which is found and housed in Christ Jesus. Yes. Yes, amen. I'm getting ready to go sit down. Amen. I just want you to remember this, if you remember nothing else. Remember that we've got to be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We come here on nights like this to testify of the fact that we serve a God that's a, a consuming fire that consumes us so that when the enemy comes in like a flood and we get shaken, we ain't going nowhere. Everything around us is going to fall apart. Everything around us is going to disintegrate. God allows us shaking because it's in the shaking that those things that are of value and of quality stand. Can I let you in on a little secret? Each and every one of us here got a reason to, to give God praise because we're here and we're still standing, amen. A bullet didn't have our name on it. The eviction folks didn't come knocking on our door. We didn't have to make an unexpected trip to the unemployment office. We didn't make a stop by the jail. We didn't make a stop by the hospital. We didn't make a stop by the graveyard. We didn't make a stop to try to reconcile with a brother or sister. God has been good to us, church. 
on nights like this, we come and rejoice. On nights like this, we come and lift up holy hands. On nights like this, we come and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. On nights like this, we've got to remember that we meet the condition that says in Psalms 150, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Last time I checked, we're all still inhaling and exhaling. Last time I checked, our hearts are still beating. Last time I checked, we've still got the activity of our limbs. Last time I checked, we still got a reasonable point of health and strength. So if all of those things qualify you, help me understand why in any dimension you're still sitting there when we've got the God of the universe here in the house. We've got the God of the universe that's on fire right here that's waiting for us to come to him in worship, waiting for us to come to him in praise, waiting for us to come to him in reverence, waiting for us to come to him in fear, waiting for us to come to him in anticipation. Some like it hot. So like the song says, let's turn the heat up until we fry. Amen. Let's turn the heat up until it consumes us. Because let me tell you something about fire. I'm going to go back over there and sit down. When a good fire is going, it catches people's attention from the north, south, east, and west. And you know, those are the science majors real quick. Do you know what makes fire burn brighter? What makes it burn brighter? Teachers in the room, what makes fire burn brighter? Oxygen. Last time I checked, our breathing is oxygen, amen. Yeah. So would it not stand to reason that if we want the fire of the Holy Ghost to consume a walk, yeah. that it starts with us opening our mouths and giving God praise over here? Yeah. Would it not stand to reason that if we want to take the Midwest, yeah. we got to get a little bonfire going right here? Yeah. Would it not stand to reason if y'all want to send us smoke signals of what God is doing down in the ATL? Y'all got to sit the MKE on fire from 7th Street right here. Would it not stand to reason that we've got to stop being religious? we got to stop being churchy. we got to stop being business as usual and begin to be what we talk about. We're going to be church unusual. We don't want to be like everybody else. We don't need to be like everybody else because my Bible tells me that we're a royal priesthood. My Bible tells me that we're a holy nation. My Bible lets me know that we're peculiar people. That means while everybody else is asleep, by the time they get up, we've already won a half a dozen souls. So let's turn the heat up, church, until we fry. But more importantly, let's turn the heat up until those that don't know Christ come to know Christ. Because in my world and in my mind, I want to be part of that song yeah. that likes it hot. Amen. Yeah. God bless you.